Welcome to the podcast for the Australian Podiatry Association. This is our new home for podiatrists across Australia and really for anyone interested in these kinds of topics to learn on the go. Because sometimes your downtime can be the perfect time to learn new insights. So let's get started. Welcome. I'm Annette Harris. I'm the CPD manager for the association and will be your host today. And today we're talking with Stephanie Bennett. Stephanie is a qualified podiatrist with extensive clinical experience and is currently completing her PhD at Monash University, exploring burnout in allied health professionals with a particular focus on podiatrists within Australia. Podiatrists frequently have client interactions that are not always related to foot problems. Solutions to the client's issues may not be obvious and sometimes client care can be emotionally draining and lead to burnout. Today's podcast with Stephanie will explore what is known about burnout in allied health and in particular, podiatry and podiatrists in Australia. Hopefully it will encourage you to consider where you fit in this landscape and what intrinsic and extrinsic factors of burnout may be applicable to you. I'd also like to stress that if the following content is triggering for you, the lifeline number is 131114. You're definitely not on your own. Stephanie, welcome. Hello. Could you provide us with a bit of background information uh, about yourself? So um, I graduated in about 2009 from La Trobe Uni in Melbourne as a pod. Um, I've in that time worked mainly in private practice and have come and gone having had two children over the last few years. So that's, that's where Well, I'm that's at. enough to keep anyone busy. Busy, yes. Yep. And I've moved uh, rural, rurally uh, to Geelong from Melbourne. So that's been the last four years and that's been oh, fantastic, a great change. Oh, that does sound nice indeed. What is it that sparked your interest in the research of burnout? Um, Well, I guess that started with me always having been intrigued as to why podiatrists either seem to last 20 years in the profession or quit within the first five to seven. Um, This just always fascinated me. So I could only guess as to why from my own personal experience and That being, it is often quite repetitive, what we do as pods, and it can be lonely with long days in the same room with patients coming and going. Um, Also, it can be quite isolating if you're traveling between different clinics and not quite establishing a rapport or a base at one clinic. Um, And in a meeting I had with a colleague, Dr. Olivia King, who is one of my supervisors now, we started discussing the notion of compassion fatigue. You would have heard of that. (laughs) Compassion fatigue. Definitely. I have heard of that. (laughs) So, um, and just that our job being that of a helping profession can often see us um, seeing very sick and often elderly people. Um, Sometimes we can be the best part of their day, week or month, and that can become quite exhausting. And as I started to explore this with her, it led me to, um, led us to talking about burnout and then contacting um, the lovely Kylie Williams and and Dr. Kristen Graham as well. And and that's brought me here. You know, it's a term we hear a lot, uh, especially in the media. Yes. But what is burnout? 
Um, so uh, burnout was first described by Freudenberger in 86. So it's been around for a little while, but it feels really, really new because the who have just accepted it as a term recently. And um, it comes about as a consequence of a depletion of energies as well as feelings of being overwhelmed of many issues that can confront an individual. So um, the themes that contribute to burnout are complex and are often influenced by many factors. Uh, these themes have been described by Christina Maslachs and uh, Susan Jackson and uh, what we looked at uh, being emotional exhaustion, depersonalization and personal accomplishment. And um, for our work, we chose to group the emotional exhaustion and the depersonalization and combine scores to form a composite, which is more commonly done now. And we also added um, job satisfaction and this was only added to the criteria in the medical and health profession later on in about 2008. Okay, so you've, you've been going on with, with the burnout research for a while, for a few years. Where are you at with your current research? So not quite years, only the last, not quite a year. So, ah, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, so still very new and I'm about three quarters away underway with my systematic review. So as you mentioned in the introduction, um, I'm looking at establishing the intrinsic and extrinsic factors that contribute to burnout in all allied health uh, therapy professionals. So um, we reference the themes that have been established when looking at burnout in oncology practitioners and they're being categorized as either, uh, you know, um, intrinsic factors such as age, gender, burnout scores um, and extrinsic factors such as working long hours and working conditions. Um, I must also add that we're mindful of resiliency um, as this is what has been added to the page study. Um, we don't quite know how it fits yet. So um, for example, we don't know if intrinsic and extrinsic factors relate to burnout or do they build resilience. Um, we also are yet to know if these factors are protective or preventative of burnout. Um, but the studies I've been looking at for my systematic review are from all around the world and cover all allied health therapy disciplines, like I said. Um, and uh, like I mentioned before that Christina Maslach, she put out a lovely survey called the Maslach's Burnout Inventory, which we use, and that's what we're doing in the PAGE study. And that gives us the ability to compare and contrast reasons of burnout in our profession to those in other professions. Um, I must say though, we are cautious of our interpretations because we're still making contributions <laughs> and this may alter my results. Uh, but yeah, we're starting to see some good things. Okay. And I think this is actually where I got a little bit mixed up uh, in the fact that the PAGE study has been around since 2017. Yes. So, yes, I, I think that's where I got a little bit yeah. mixed up. But tell me, tell me more about the, the PAGE study. So I've just recently come onto the PAGE study um, So that in the last year. So PAGE was first funded by an APERF grant in uh, 2017, and that was to collect data about BIC. Uh, Victorian podiatrists to understand their work choices. So um, the PAGE study used the same approach as the Mabel study, a longitudinal study of doctors' choices in where they worked and why, collected by thousands of doctors over a, about a 10-year period. And um, PAGE has had a number of lead researchers at the start 
and that was with Kylie Williams being the primary researcher, Professor Terry Haynes, Dr. I'm dropping names here, Dr. Belinda O'Sullivan, Dr. Deborah Russell, Dr. Matthew McGrail, and Professor Hilton Menz all leading that team. And um, I know that you've had contact with Anna Couch and she is the, has been the research assistant on the project, but now is a PhD student looking at workforce strategies. So she's come along there. Um, and she's analysing the data about decisions of where people work and why, and what leads to more job satisfaction. Um, but really they're wanting to understand and we're wanting to understand the challenges unique to the podiatry profession in distribution of services around the country. Um, people who have less access to podiatrists have poorer foot health and poorer outcomes of diabetes related foot disease. So we have to change this and it's up to our profession to do this, but we can't without understanding the unique drivers. So I must also add that we have never had such rich research about our profession before. So it's quite exciting. Um, and our research team also interviewed public health and private employees of podiatrists in regional areas to understand their tried, successful and failed recruitment strategies. Uh, we also interviewed podiatrists who were working in regional areas and in their first five years of practice about their choices and why they chose to move from the city. Um, and we are close to publishing this data. We found out a great number of things and approached the association for continued seed funding to expand the page research to the whole of Australia. And um, we've just started collecting our fourth year uh, of data. So um, interestingly, last year we had responses from just under 20% of the profession over the three years. Some have responded once and some amazing pods have responded every year. This gives us the best chance to understand change and um, given these unprecedented times, it's never been more relevant to tell us about how, how we are practicing as podiatrists. That's, that's, uh, that's obviously a, a, a good selection of data over yeah. three years. And, and of course you're into the fourth year. Yeah. What are some of the demographics that you've found? Um, well, in over the period of 2018 and 2019, a total of 633 pods completed the page survey. Um, unsurprisingly, we found a greater percentage of pods are female over males. Uh, we have slightly more working in private practice and um, the average age of our uh, participants were 38 years old. We also found out that on average, 43.1 hours of work is completed per week with 43.6 being the average number of patients seen to in that week. And, and this starts to give us a picture of, of how many stories we are a part of as clinicians. And, and it also starts to paint a picture of the load we are carrying. Um, and the average length of practice is uh, 11 and a half years amongst our podiatrists. Some very interesting stats in that, very interesting indeed. What were the measures used in the PAGE study? Uh, so burnout, so that's what I was look, I'm looking at, is um, measured using the Maslach's burnout inventory. Uh, depression is measured using the K10 survey and resiliency is measured using the brief resilience scale. Um, the intrinsic factors such as gender, job satisfaction and intent to change practice and the 
extrinsic factors such as access to leave, hours of work and colleague relationships were then modelled against these baseline measures. So what did you find from that? Well, we found um, that leave, paid or unpaid, was surprisingly not related to a clinician's reporting of burnout. So even if you had some time off, you still did report you were burnt out. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, however, unsurprisingly, the more hours you work, the more exhausted you feel. Um, if you show a decreased score on the brief resilience scale, you showed an increase in burnout. Um, we also found that burnout scores increased if you were less satisfied with your physical working conditions, if you felt you didn't have opportunities to use your abilities, if you think patients had unrealistic expectations, and if you think you were doing jobs someone less qualified could do. So if you remember back to me talking about those intrinsic and extrinsic factors that contribute to burnout, we can start to get an understanding of the factors that would be seen to be outside our locus of control and what is. Some would say it's hard to control for extrinsic factors. Uh, you may be rural and one of the only pods and have to see a certain volume of patients, but also resiliency is so subjective. How do we teach someone to be truly resilient? Mm, yeah, that's the again, again, some fantastic insights. And and again, job satisfaction is is obviously a part of this as well, Stephanie. What were the results you found around job satisfaction? So uh, we found that there is greater job satisfaction when we are more satisfied with our colleagues and co-workers. Um, Interestingly, our job satisfaction scores increase when you are less satisfied with recognition for good work. So odd, but interesting. And, and our job satisfaction increases if we're more likely to leave the profession in the next five years. So when we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I wonder if that's tied with um, personal satisfaction in, in some way. What were your results around personal satisfaction? So we found that you have greater personal satisfaction if you're overall more satisfied with your job. If you find it easier to take time off at a short notice, say for if your kids sick home from school, um, there's greater personal satisfaction if, if I think my patients have realistic expectations of me. Um, if I see more patients with complex medical health problems, and in addition to these, um, I have greater personal satisfaction if I see more patients per week, if I'm more resilient, um, if I'm less likely to leave podiatry in five years, and if I'm more satisfied with the freedom to choose my own working methods. Um, I must also stipulate again that these results are interim and may change with some more data, but, but it's interesting, these findings that we have. Some of these findings would be, uh, I think, particularly uh, interesting for employers of podiatrists. What, what does this mean for employers? Well, I suppose it just gives them a, a greater picture of what's going on. So um, we have some fantastic resources that we can access at the tip of our fingers now, and we've seen that happening in this ridiculous time that we're facing. Um, for example, the Are You OK campaign. Um, 
And the message that's important here is that not to focus on the fixing of others, um, but also being mindful of our own headspace and whether it is appropriate for us to be following up this process with others. Yeah. On the flip side, I mean, employers would obviously be keen to understand uh, a lot of this data. But on the flip side, what does this mean for employees? So those podiatrists out there who, mm. who are working for uh, practices or, or for, for senior podiatrists? Yeah. So um, in taking into consideration those results that I was discussing, um, I think we must be proactively seeking mentorship and, and stop believing that we should know everything. Um, I think we also need to partner up with our patients on their healthcare journey. Uh, communication with our patients, our co-workers, our profession and ourselves is just so important. Uh, another consideration is that maybe it comes down to who we are and how we're raised, our humbleness and our humility. Um, is it moving towards a, a greater self-awareness? And, and how can we engage this through, through our feedback? Um, are we also seeking opportunities for feedback? And can we adjust our skills and capabilities from this? But, you know, are, are we listening for when we've just had enough? And if, if it is the right environment, in fact, for us? Mm. I see, definitely see uh, from, from what you're explaining, uh, a, a real opportunity for podiatrists, some podiatrists out there to grow and, mm. and, and develop. What do you think this means for individual pods out there? Um, I, just, I think as cliche as it can seem, self-care is really, really important. Um, that analogy of putting your own oxygen mask on before helping others, it stands really true. Um, we cannot help and continue day after day to be the helpers without helping ourselves first. Um, so we encourage people to speak up if you are having trouble. Um, make sure you're looking after yourself by eating and moving in the ways that best serve you. And breathe. Take a step back. It's so important to just take that time out. Um, and again, I will reiterate that that number is 13 11 14 for Lifeline. Reach out if you need to. The support is there. Um, you're not alone. Steph, where are pods able to access the next wave? You've mentioned there's a fourth wave of the page survey. Yeah, so um, I think the APOD A Facebook page, um, if you check on there, they will be sharing the wave four um, of the study. So click on there. Um, yeah, you can contact us on there and, and please give us your information. We need it. <laughs> we need to see how pods are tracking. It's so, so important. Thank you uh, for today, Stephanie. That is all we have time for. Um, I must say, though, that was insightful and in particular, quite timely, given the challenges podiatrists have uh, in navigating the current COVID-19 space. Uh, and of course, the new, almost the new world where we're working in um, at present. If you are a podiatrist who is looking for more online CPD, there is a raft of online activities being uploaded on a weekly basis to our website, at podiatry.org.au or you can check out our social media feeds anytime at facebook.com forward slash Australian Podiatry Association or our Twitter feed is active at apoda underscore national. 
Thanks again, Stephanie. That um, was honestly, that, that was some fantastic insight and good luck with, uh, with the rest of your research. Thank you so much for having me and stay safe, everybody. Till next time, everyone. Stay safe and take care. Bye for now.